What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the one and only Mission Impossible Brew. Woo. Specialty series of the One Real In slash One Beer In podcast. Uh, oh, it's like our session. Yeah. <laughs> it's like our session's beer. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Impossible yeah. Brew. Impossible Brew. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any breweries that want to you know collaborate with us and making that a reality? Contact us. And also probably Tom Cruise. Yeah. Who's and, and Paramount. Yeah. Viacom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, this is our fifth episode, and as you might expect, we're reviewing the fifth Mission Impossible movie. That's right. Uh, called Rogue Nation. It came out in 2015, mm-hmm. directed by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, probably most well-known for being the writer of Usual Suspects. which was Just about, the writer? Yeah, he was just the writer. Okay. Uh, I think Brian Singer was the director on that one. Yeah, yeah, Brian uh, Singer. He's worked a lot, apparently, with Brian Singer in yeah, the past. Yeah, Brian Singer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's had a couple of hits and misses as far as being a director but this was mm-hmm. one of his big hits yeah um and if i'm not mistaken the new one's directed by him as well oh really i believe so oh, we can well, double check on that he's got two hits on his hands from the apparently looks, from the looks yeah um anyway um yeah i mean this was yet another monster blockbuster hit when it came out mm-hmm. uh, you have the numbers i don't but uh i mean Based on the run since three, like we were talking about, it being a just massive critical hit, basically from three on. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, people people were coming out to see it, and like we saw in in the beginning, uh, this was also funded by a lot of Chinese money. <laughs> so yeah. they got a lot of people over there. I don't know if you've realized, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it it helps when uh, you got the Chinese backing. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie is directing Fallout. Okay. Yeah, so. Which is interesting because uh, he's the only return director on this series now. Yeah. Because we, we had JJ on three, then uh, Brad Bird on four, and now Christopher McQuarrie. And, I mean, why do you, why do you, think, uh, why do you think they always switch directors? I'm not really sure, but I, this is still, again, like we said in the last episode, in the J.J. Abrams kind of set-up world. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like, and mind you, speaking of having not seen Fallout yet, it just kind of looks like it's along the same lines as 3, 4, and 5. Yeah. Well, it's definitely like the one that is uh, the... Uh, uh, as far as like a uh, sequel is concerned, it seems like it, it's the one that's closest to being like a direct sequel, right? You know, with uh, with the villain from Rogue Nation returning. Mm. You know, he's saying all that creepy stuff in the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Um, There's a lot of return players. Yeah, Alec Baldwin's back in it, and um, so yeah, I think same director. I think he's 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 continuing the narrative, and and the whole syndicate thing that's teased in the third one right. is the focus of this one, or teased in the fourth one. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the uh, focus of this one. The fifth, yeah. yeah, and then probably I don't know. The thing about these movies is most of the time they tie them up in a pretty neat bow at the end. Right, right. You know? So it doesn't really lend itself to being a series in that traditional sense. Yeah. It's more like just these, this anthology series, like we were saying less so now because it has kind of similar tones, but, mm-hmm. uh, still like they're kind of episodes of a TV show. Yeah. Rogue nation did 682 million. 
So not as good as Ghost Protocol, mm. but still a monster release yeah. with a budget of 150 million. So <sighs> yeah, yeah, making bank. Uh huh. For sure. For sure. So yeah, uh, it explores, like we said, it explores the the syndicate that was teased in the fourth mm-hmm. one. Uh, you know the guy who plays the villain. I think it's this guy. No, that's um, that's the uh. I forgot what his fucking name is. Tom Hollander? No. Who the fuck is that? Oh, that's the <laughs> Prime Minister. Tom Holland? Tom Hollander. Oh. That's how you know he's older. <laughs> Holland Elder. Holland Elder. Uh, yeah. The There he is. Sean Harris. Sean Harris? Sean Harris is the uh, guy who portrays um, uh, Lane. Mm-hmm. Lane, the villain in the movie. Lane. And, and uh, uh, this guy... I think he's 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 really I think he played a really good villain. Yeah, I think so. I think I, it's a, a marked improvement from uh four. from the fourth yeah, from Ghost right. Protocol, yeah, cuz right. this you know, Ghost Protocol kind of was like again that shadowy, mm-hmm. you know, no name, no face kind right. of villain. This we finally have like a guy and, you know, very uh you know, all-knowing, all-seeing kind of mm-hmm. guy. Uh I just I think um with with the focus on the focus being so much on Tom Cruise and the action set pieces and all this stuff, I think sometimes they they don't take enough time to kind of flesh out the villains in the yeah. movies. I well, mean, these are like two hour movies, and there's no space for it. That's what I'm saying. Really. Like they don't give it enough time for us to really, really feel the like extent of his reach. You know, yeah. like I think. What these what these movies are sorely missing is a sacrifice of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know, no character, no main characters die. Right. Well, that's I think that's what made three so strong is that there felt like there could be real right. There was uh, high stakes. Right? Yeah, stakes always make every anything more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's just inherently better when right. the stakes are raised by any reason or for any reason mm-hmm. and so in this one it's like it's another movie where uh you know it just doesn't nothing nothing feels so dangerous right you know it always these these are kind of movies that like they're they're traditional blockbusters in that way in that we know everything's going to be okay at the end mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean it, it gets to the point and mind you this is a long-running series at this point yeah. But that's kind of oh, oh we know uh, yeah it, it's almost marvelly you know yes where yes. it's like okay we have these these core characters we know nothing's gonna happen to them mm. most likely unless they go you know balls to the wall for some reason yeah um but I would like to see them do it you know kill off somebody oh but I don't want any of them to die I know that core cast is so good I know but like let's say in the third one for instance mm-hmm. they could have killed uh, Jonathan Rise. Davis or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, but would that even matter? I don't think it would have. It would have given us something to care about. Did it's not ca- really. I did guess you care we, about him? I don't. No, think, no. Yeah. But they could. But I'm saying they could have killed him. Yeah. Just, just come <laughs> off. Now, I mean, he just disappeared. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would, it'd be way more impactful if they killed like Simon Pegg. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or Ving Rhames, somebody who's been in it for a while now. Yeah. They should kill Ving Rhames. <sighs> don't say that. They should. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd hate to see it. I mean, he's the only brother in the movie, so that would suck, actually. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, 
need some representation. It would give it would give uh, cast so white. Seriously, it would give Ethan's character a lot of motivation. And yeah. hey, in in this new one, they introduce Angela Bassett, so they're filling their black quota. Well, there you go. So maybe they do kill him off. They could bring back Lawrence Fishburne. That they could. Yeah. Then that'd be two POCs. Wow. Now you can't have three of them. No, then no, it turns no. into a black movie. It's too much. Yeah. Can't have that. Can we, Hollywood? What is this, Medea? <laughs> um, so back to the movie. In this um, one, yeah, yeah, we get all the characters returning. Mm-hmm. We get an introducing Alec Baldwin. So they're stepping it up. Yeah. With uh, the uh, the cast, mm-hmm. I mean the cast is almost filled with major players at this oh, yeah. point. Yeah, it's an established franchise. Yeah. But again, it, it we're, we're doing the same thing, yeah. you know, with yeah. with the, oh no, we can't trust Ethan Hunt, mm-hmm. and his own organization is going after him again. It's like how many times? <laughs> no, 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 gonna... it's different now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the CIA. Uh huh. Got IMF shut down. Okay. By panel, right? Right. And so by now by board. By the board. Yeah, they went to the board. <laughs> uh-huh. They had a board meeting. They had a board meeting. And uh, they decided to shut down IMF. Uh-huh. So now um, Hawkeye is yeah. part of the CIA yeah. working with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. So it's a little... It's different. Cause How? Because it's not IMF now turning oh, on Ethan. Oh. It's the CIA. Okay, okay. The right. fact that it's still his own government... <laughs> okay, listen. To be fair. To be fair. To be, be fair. Be, be fair. Completely fair. Sure. Your your observation about IMF being this really like untrustworthy, like they screw everything up all the time, uh, type of agency. Uh-huh. That's exactly the crux of the argument the CIA has, which right. is IMF are crazy. We can't trust these people. Like yeah. they are causing as much damage as they are solving. Yeah. We need to shut it down. Yeah. So, in a logical sense, I think they're agreeing with your statement of why why is this even continuing? Yeah. You know? I mean, like, from a logical standpoint, it makes sense. But it's the same fucking plot. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> well, I mean, you... What? Everything, what? If everything moved smoothly and he just had all the support, if IMF was like, you know, well, well-tuned machine... That's not really much of a movie. What do you mean? I don't know. That, that, <laughs> by, by that point, you're just having a James Bond movie. We, we, okay, so the the so what you're saying is it's a Mission Impossible movie because he's always running from his own 1, organization? thousand percent. Because look at the new one. Even just based off the previews. It's, yeah, it looks it's like they're turning on him again. Another internal agency that's saying, we got to turn on uh, Ethan Hunt. It just seems like... how. Even even as Ethan Hunt, the character, don't you think at some point he'd be like, I'm sick of this shit. No one trusts me. I can't <laughs> even don't get my job me. done. <laughs> Nobody sees my contributions to this country and this organization. Well, at this point, he's been doing it for like 30 years. Right. So He's a vet in the game. Yeah. How many times does he have to save the world? Are spies just always turning on their countries? Is that, is that what happens? I guess so. I guess that's what yeah. makes them spies. Yeah, I guess. But then, then again, that would just make them just don't have spies. Uh, uh, not a sa- mercenaries. I guess. Yeah. Guns for hire, basically. You know. Yeah. But he's anyway, not. he's not. He's very. He's loyal to the country. He and to, is. And to he doing what's right. Always comes back to loyalty. Mm-hmm. 
That's what makes him a good character. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as we do, let's talk about the highlights. So first things first, as we said in the last episode, intro scenes is where it's at. Yeah. So and we have again. the the mostly practical effect of uh, Ethan hanging off of a airplane. Yeah. As it it flies off, which is just insane. Insane. I couldn't yeah. believe my own eyes. Like seeing the perspective of how high he gets, like makes my stomach turn. Yep. It's just it, it's crazy. It's frightening. Yeah. Watching that and going, holy shit! Right. He did that. And imagine seeing that on, like, the big screen, how much more impactful that is. Yeah, if like, we'd, like, seen that on the IMAX or something. Oof. Man. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, they knock it out of the park with the opening sequence. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, yeah, we get into the aforementioned board meeting. Right. Where Alec Baldwin Hunley. is shitting on the, uh, shitting on IMF. Right. And, uh... It's a government shutdown, <laughs> a yeah. shutdown of this organization. Right. Um, so, again, Ethan's left in the wild without support. Uh-huh. And he's gone rogue. So, Rogue Nation is kind of like a, a double. It's kind of like a double entendre. Right, which is smart, too, because they mentioned directly that the syndicate is like a shadow version of the IMF. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the bad version, the evil version yeah. of the IMF. They said it's, uh, Benji says, an anti-IMF. Anti-IMF, that's right. I thought I, I, I thought that that was a cool concept to yeah. do. Like all the um, thought-to-be-dead agents, disavowed agents, mm-hmm. you use them. Yeah. To work against IMF, IMF so they're all right. trained. They at, all know, yeah. They yeah. they know the inner workings. That was a really cool uh, flip too, with the the begin the very first mission that he gets yeah. suddenly like turning on him. Yeah, and it's like and he's yes, like, we Whoa. know we know who you are, Ethan. Yeah, that was really cool. You better I didn't, do I, this. Did, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So yeah, that that was dope. Um, let's see. Which again, actually thinking about it again logically, your whole thing of like man. IMF sucks, and if you're in IMF, they're going to turn on you all the time. Like, if you're in IMF, it's understandable why you'd have a grudge against IMF eventually. True. So these people coming out of it that turn on IMF and end up in the syndicate have a good motivation after all these movies of Ethan constantly eating shit and almost getting killed by his own agency. When they explore the, like, you know, these agents being expendable. Right. Which, uh, again, in the previews of Fallout, they, that seems to be a heavy thread as well. Yeah. It's like their their job is to die. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? And that, I mean, yeah, that's like Angela Bassett's whole point. Mm-hmm. For something happens in Berlin. Yeah. And she's like, look, he, you know, kill that bro. team. Yeah, that's Sorry. the mission. Who gives a shit? So I think that's always that's always cool. I would love to see these um these actual, like, uh, figureheads and 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 uh, heads of uh, bureaus mm-hmm. treating agents like pawns on a chessboard. You know, mm-hmm. it, you see, it's such a trope in these yeah. movies. But have you ever? I mean, obviously, we've never encountered a person like that. But I just <laughs> find it interesting that there's always a person like that in these movies. Yeah, like, hey, that's the job. He's supposed to die. Mm-hmm. And then the other characters are like, how could you? As if, like, I don't know. It's just weird that there's always that one guy who does that, but then everybody else is like, no, we have to have a moral code and we have to save this person. It's like, they knew the risks. Mm Mm-hmm. That's part That's of the job. The job. Yeah. Like if it was if it wasn't a main character, and I'm obviously I'm stating the obvious, but mm-hmm. if you think about it 
logically. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't a main character, they'd be like, hey, he knew the risks. Mm. Like, Benji's ass would have been dead. Yeah. They would not. They would just be like, hey, he knew the risks. He's dead. Right. He's disavowed. We don't We don't even know. Benji who? Well, that, that's exactly the point of their disavowment like program. That right. entire protocol is based on the fact that, yeah, these people are probably going to get caught, probably going to die. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have any ties to them because we know we're basically sending them on suicide missions all the time. Yeah. Hence it being called Mission Impossible. Yeah. Because they and know the it's organization impossible. is the Impossible Mission, mission Force, Force, which it sounds legit. It sounds corny. That's right. No, it sounds legit. <laughs> it sounds like a real sounds, government agency. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a 12 year old came up with it. No, at all. it's the Impossible Mission impossible Force. Impossible Mission Force. Mm-hmm. Is there anything still called the Force other than like nicknaming? Like police, like the police force, task force, task force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, task force. I guess that's the only one, right? Force. The force. The force. That's pretty much it. That's mm. all I can think of. Right in with your other forces. ATF. What's ATF? Alcohol and tobacco force. <laughs> I don't think it's alcohol and tobacco yeah. force. Yeah. They so. they use only the force <laughs> to combat alcohol and tobacco. I think they do alcohol and tobacco and then have the force. Mm, mm. Uh, ATF is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Yeah, yeah. Which, what's the difference between that? Uh, never mind. We're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit hole. I'll go down it. Yeah. No. Um, let's stay out of that. Let's see. Other highlights. Alec Baldwin's great. He's yeah. always great. Yep. I feel like he played the uh, the Fishburne role, yeah. In this movie, yeah. The stern Basically. kind of asshole that mm-hmm. you you, you kind of like anyway, yeah. Just because he eats up the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the cooling system scene in Morocco. Yeah, that was dope. The the free dive. Yeah. Into that whirlpool. Yeah, that was that was a fun scene mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, also, scenes where a character has to hold their breath make me hold my breath, and I find them very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no way. I mean, what they should have done was what you were saying. I think you said it while we were watching another one of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it should it would have been cool if it was like real time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe we didn't pay attention. It could have been. Yeah. It definitely could have been. If it if it is, my mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. It felt like that scene took a really long time. I don't think it was real time. Yeah. Well, they they cut some of the tension by cutting back and forth from yeah. the other people. If they shouldn't it, though. Yeah. They should. They should have. That the whole scene should have been him trying to figure that out. Right. And then you you know because I like the effect that they did with like the heartbeat going on mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah. No, that's the tension. It should have been the whole scene. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but still, still a dope scene. Uh, the Vienna Opera scene with the uh, the standoff, sort of with the snipers. Yeah. Um, that reminded me a lot of another movie we recently watched, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yep. I was going to bring was it up like, as, oh. as we were watching it. It has to be a reference. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Right. Because, like, waiting for the... the um, Crescendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It... Yeah, it has to be a reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Oh, huh." Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a really cool chase scene towards the end of the movie. A car chase that turns into a motorcycle chase. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, that was pretty pretty uh, good. Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she, Isla, Isla Faust. Yeah. She she knocks it out of the park. Yeah, she she's, was really good. She's really good in it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of these movies don't really have a strong female in them. Right. Uh, a lot of them, I don't know. Uh, like in part four, uh, what's her name again? Who? Uh, the uh, the chick that we were saying didn't really have much of it. Paula impact. Patton. Paul Patton, right. Uh, I feel like that wasn't the case this time through. I feel like the uh, the female actually had a pretty strong character and had some good development and some twists and turns. Yeah, I thought for sure that... Uh uh, oh shit. His wife, mm-hmm. Ma- Monahan. Uh, Julia. Yeah, I thought for sure that she was going to be the strong female character, especially at the mm-hmm. end of three, where yeah. she kind of takes control and um, mm-hmm. she doesn't, you know, she, she kills two guys. Yeah. Uh, doesn't really seem like you know sometimes when you see that that kind of scene in movies they like oh god and they like uh-huh. empty the clip and then they're all like super shook about right. it and stuff she she didn't seem like that i thought that they were gonna like make her um that strong female character mm-hmm. but i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and, you know actually paula Patton's character in part four wasn't weak per se because you know she had some fight scenes and no, stuff. No, no, she, she definitely was a strong female character. I meant, just, I meant weak as far as a character goes. Yeah, like, yeah. Her, her presence wasn't very strong is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, she had all the motivation in the world to be uh, one of the strongest characters in the film, mm-hmm. and yet... Yeah, her agent got killed in the beginning. And not so. just her agent, it seemed like there was... A little something going yeah, on a little there, something, yeah. something there. Uh-huh. And just kind of falls flat. Yeah. And I think that's kind of sucks there's not much of a there wasn't much of a callback to it i feel there was a couple of no. lines about it but it, no and it was like yeah we we get it you're angry but like it, she didn't really seem but that's the problem with introducing these characters the way that they do uh-huh she was she's only in one film we only see the other guy for like two minutes right there so we don't have time to care yeah you know yeah so it's it's not really her fault yeah. When you get right down to it, we just don't have time to give a shit. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about um, Jonathan Rise Davis mm-hmm. and uh, Margaret Cho. Maggie Q. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Not again. God. Maggie Q. Uh-huh. Uh, Very different humans, Marco. If either one of them died... It wouldn't ma- it would matter because no. they didn't you know they don't give us the a reason to care right you know and it's like Benji dies or uh, Luther dies you're like yeah that's you know substantial yeah so they've given us a reason to care about them right so <clears throat> um let's see just the fact that they I feel like um not only was Sean Harris a good villain but the syndicate was a good uh, antithesis to IMF mm-hmm. like it was a it was a fun thing to to think about that there's like this yeah. shadow organization that's like the other side of the coin that yeah, is it IMF w- it was a cool uh just entity a, a cool little world building thing i think yeah especially if they continue it yes i really hope that they that like the syndicate is now like a living breathing organism and you know Sean Harris character is out of the picture just well then somebody else is going to take mm-hmm. like like a like a real terror cell right you know somebody dies another one props up right and i that that's kind of like the gist of well that's one of the things that they explore that's one of the themes that they explore is like mm-hmm. you know uh you chop one head two more grow well that that was the entire argument in part 3 this one yeah right so if if that's something that they can continue to explore, especially in this new one, I think that would be dope. <sighs> I think that would be dope. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to think of other highlights. Uh, the set there wasn't there was only like what three four set pieces in the film. Wasn't a lot of huge. This one was kind of kind of harking back to the first one mm-hmm. in that it wasn't like a other than that plane scene, but that was the opening sequence. It it seemed smaller. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which I think was that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I liked the fact that it seemed like they almost hurt us in our our sort of downsides of part four, mm-hmm. which is that it was far too convoluted and you don't get it at first blush, mm-hmm. the, the main plot points. Yeah. Because like almost distractingly, they repeated over and over again, like we have to get the disc. Yeah. We have to get the disc. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get like, you're talking to us as the audience in order to uh, kind of get our heads on straight, so mm-hmm. we understand what's going on. Yeah. So there was there's some exposition that I feel was added in there specifically to address the issues with the last film. Right. No, and and I I think um it worked for me. Yeah. No, it totally worked for me. Yeah. I was like, okay, I get where we're at. I get our motivations. I get why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Great. It's like I don't think um there there is definitely a balance between holding the audience's hand mm-hmm. and talking down to them. Right. You right. know, you can lead us down the hallway that you want us to go and then we'll take it from there. Uh it doesn't have to be oversimplified because because you think that we're not going to understand like you know, audiences are smart just don't overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. You know? I think this yeah, this one was a good balance. This is here are our heroes here are our villains Mm -hmm. and then alec baldwin is somewhere in the middle trying to figure out who is the villain and who you know what i'm saying like what the the subplots worked the main plot worked yeah like this was good Mm -hmm. i feel like this is a really really good balance of a film yeah um yeah i don't know i i think just overall it's i don't want to say that um Part four was a disappointment necessarily, but I feel like this one was an improvement. Yeah, from it. Yeah, this this is definitely an improvement on on uh, Ghost Protocol. Right. Yeah, because Ghost Protocol, you know, it's just you. If you're looking at it, if you're looking at the films quality wise, it's just kind. Of, they're kind of going up and down, up and mm-hmm. down. Like first one's hot, then we're cold, we're like really cold, then we're like <laughs> super hot. Right. Then we're back down to like midway. Yeah. Still a good warm. film. Ghost Pro warm. Yeah. And now we're back hot again. Right. You know? We're back on our winning streak. Okay. So that being said, what would you give it out of bottle caps? Uh out of six bottle caps, how many would you give it? I'd give it five. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a full step better than Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. But still not as good Mm-mm. as part three. No, and I think I have to agree with you yet again. <laughs> We're lining up on these. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, I'd give it a five as well. Five out of six. Uh, that being said, what are you looking for in Fallout? Because that's the last one we have left. We've been doing this series for a little bit now. Yeah. And obviously this has all been leading up for part six. Yeah. I am looking forward to... I mean, they teased it in the... Um, trailer. Pretty much everyone's coming back, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. They're bringing his wife back. Boys are back in town. Uh, they're bringing um, Rebecca Ferguson is back. Yep. From the so everybody, it's a, a pretty good carryover from this one, Rogue Nation, mm-hmm. to Fallout. Which let me say, I actually am really glad we did this 
because I honestly didn't even recognize those characters. It, yeah. It had been so long since I had seen Rogue Nation that, like, that went right over my head. Yeah. I was like, oh, more people. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, every, every year. Yeah, absolutely. Now it, it all kind of ties together, and you're like, now I get why some of those some of those clips from the trailer are so significant. Right. Like the standoff with uh with her and Tom Cruise yeah. on the motorcycle. Don't make me do this. Yeah. Because they were friends right. by the end of the movie. Yeah. So. so that's 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 pretty cool. So I want to see I mean I don't think you have to kill a character off, but I do think you have to make us believe like they did in the third one mm-hmm. that a character could be killed off right you know kill a kill a a secondary character and make you know like like when they killed off um i think her name was linda or something uh, i don't know Lindsay, whatever it doesn't matter Lindsay, yeah yeah the trainee yes when they killed her off when they when they reference her first already you kind of get that there's something about her for tom for ethan hunt like the way that he reacts when he hears the name, when he knows that it's her who's been lost, like yeah. everything about There's that. There's recognition in his yes. face. Then once she's dead and you get a couple of those flashback scenes, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of gives you more context and then you feel it more. And then you're right. like, oh, I get why he's taking this so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do that with either a secondary character in this one mm-hmm. or just make us believe that a character could like you know make right. us believe that the stakes are as high as mm-hmm. we're led to believe well and that's what they did i feel with um with ghost protocol when you think that julia's dead for that moment yes. you're like okay yes, exactly. we, we have we've yes. had our our beats with julia and we know her and tom and or tom ethan <laughs> and we know like their relationship and we liked it yeah and then to have that suddenly pulled away and then find out a little bit later that it's something tr- more tragic even than yeah. just a divorce. It's like, oh man, yes. that was good sucks. misdirection, right? Right. Do, do I want I want some of that in this one? I want to because like even when they when they dismantle IMF, I'm like, yeah, all right, but <laughs> sure, whatever. By the end, IMF will be a thing again. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, or if you know, if not, it's it's not going to affect anything. It's the same thing like Shield. You know, Shield yeah. in the Marvel movies. It's like, uh, okay, Shield's not really a thing anymore, right? Okay, it's, it's, it's nah, still like things are still working kind of the same way. Yeah. It doesn't really have that big of an effect. Yeah. So honestly, like, I I wish that they had just dismantled IMF mm-hmm. and then let them be like, you know, independent contractors or you know, just agents on the yeah. run or something. Because mm-hmm. it's like, who cares? Uh, uh, like, IMF as as an organization, I don't give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing that I feel that the 007 series has above this one is that MI6 is like a thing, a character into itself. Yeah. All those all those little pieces within in MI6 that we know and love. Yeah. Like, that is its own thing. Whereas IMF can live or die. It doesn't yeah. really matter. It's, it's about some of those individual characters, mm-hmm. but not about the organization as a whole. Yeah. Like, uh, like in Skyfall, I mean, when they, you know... When 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 MI six is destroyed from inside out, mm-hmm. maybe that's Skyfall. Maybe that's the one before that. Uh, is it Skyfall? It's Spectre? Not Spectre. That's the newest one. Yeah, that and was the latest one. So then it is Skyfall. It's Skyfall, yes, because yeah. Skyfall is the operation where he has to like get the hell out of town. Yes, yes. So when it's destroyed from the inside out, like the threat of no MI six to help police the world mm-hmm. is a real threat. Right. You know, and you're like, oh shit, the 
these stakes are pretty high. Right. What's going to happen now that MI6 is not a thing? You know, what's going to happen now when they kill M? It's mm -hmm. like, he's, this is a big fucking deal, man. Right. You know? Yep. So I like that. Yeah. I just, I like stakes. Medium rare. <laughs> Medium rare, rare yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad our minds are in the same place on that. Uh, no, nah, I just, I like, I like when something's on the line and i'm you know i think i'm like most people it, 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 that's what gets you interested in something yeah yeah, yeah. why like, why else care yeah you know give us a reason to care that's mm -hmm. what i want yeah so what about you what are you looking forward to what do you want to see man give me that opening yeah i'll just i'll, I'll leave after the opening it's fine <laughs> what if the bathroom scene's the opening and then it's like and then it's like <sighs> a a flash forward mm -hmm. from that point that'd be awesome that would be right yeah or the helicopter scene the helicopter scene yeah. Which Tom apparently did. He flipped a helicopter. He does everything. It's crazy. I'm not even surprised. Still amazed, but not surprised. Yeah, that's true. I watched uh I watched him on Graham Norton uh -huh. talking about the infamous building jump where he, yeah, he broke shatters his ankle. His ankle. Yeah. And uh they show the scene. The take that they actually used in the movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> so they show that. They show they show the scene, like a clip of the scene, then they show it in slow motion, mm -hmm. watching his ankle hit the building yeah. and just explode. Whoop. And then they show uh, another another camera's angle where it's like the film, like uh, you know one of the you know how like the behind the scene camera looks and shit. Uh -huh. He jumps, he hits, and you can see him like when he hits, you can see him like in real pain. Yeah. But then he gets up and he like hobbles, hobbles off camera yeah. and stuff, and it's like that fucking that's fucking commitment, yeah. man. Yeah. A normal person would have been like, holy <laughs> shit, I just shattered my ankle, cut. Michael's broke. I need to take six months off. Yeah. Him and Jackie Chan stand alone. <laughs> as With broken ankles. <laughs> well, they sit alone. Yeah. They yeah. hobble alone uh -huh. at the top of the mountain of yeah. actors who do their own stunts. I, cool. I think Jason Statham does his own stunt. Or he does like 90% of his own stunts. Well, you know, a lot of these, especially a lot of like martial artists uh, are or started as stunt coordinators or stunt actors. Yeah. And so... That's something they kind of take pride in and can do for a long time. Yeah, Jackie it, now obviously is old yeah, now. He's too but. old to do it. But uh, yeah, they say they say Tom Cruise takes a lot of pride in mm -hmm. uh, doing his own stunts. Like he, he's like, I can fucking do that. And they're like, Tom, this is dangerous. We have guys who can do. It. He's like, I can do that. That's <sighs> apparently like got to pay a high price on insurance for that guy. Probably yeah. right. Yeah, it's probably. It's, I mean, just think about it. You know. Uh, I'm not wishing this into the universe at all, but imagine if like he were to get seriously injured yeah. on the set and like I don't know, have some debilitating injury. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like yeah. what do you do? Maybe maybe he's uninsurable. I guess. I mean, well, if, that's how uh, Robert Downey Jr. was for a while before yeah. he uh before he proved that like he, you know, he's off the sauce. Keep his shit together. Yeah. yeah. For a while when he started making his comeback, yeah. He was uh uninsurable. He couldn't get any 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 company to insure him so he just had to take the risk and that's why sometimes like when he was when he got clean he couldn't get movies for a while because people yep. were like look dude we believe in your talent but mm -hmm. nobody's gonna insure you so we can't, we right. can't fucking they can't take that risk yeah it'd have to be in his contract to be like uh if you fuck up in any way it's on you bud you yeah. can't you can't sue the company you can't sue me yeah so uh, uh john favreau went to bat for him mm -hmm. and that's how he got Iron Man, and then they assured, insured him after that, and then yeah. you know the rest is history. Blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah, he Tom Cruise. Uh, I, I'd like to. I can't wait to see what other stunts. Yeah, and that and 
that bathroom scene. I know. <laughs> I know we keep talking want. about that's it. That's all I, I want. I, I need to. Dude. Dude, when he throws that guy through, through, the, through, the, through fucking, the glass. Yeah, oh, or the wind, and his body yeah. just, <laughs> just flips. And it looks like high impact death kind of stuff. Oh, man. I'm all about it. Dude, I, I remember when we were. We, I don't remember what we were watching. But when we saw that trailer, uh-huh. we were all like, oh, <gasps> whoa, that looks dope. <laughs> that was a game changer, man. Yeah. That was a game changer. Yep. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I think we, I can speak for both of us and say that we are excited to see Fallout. Yeah. So we'll we'll get that done this week at some oh, point. Yes. And then that episode will be coming at y'all. Mm-hmm. Straight to your ear holes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you very much. Marco Dupa, for lending your ears and your eyes. You're welcome, Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Uh, well, we're going to be here. Uh, I'd say maybe we'll hit our, our normal uh, release date for uh, this the One Beer and Podcast. No promises. Okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, this has been yet another episode of the One Real In Podcast uh, slash Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Uh, from me to you. Have a great night. We love you. Don't let IMF screw you over. Yeah. Bye.